Big Sloth. I'm gonna lose my plow. Dad, have you considered buying cheap commercial time on Channel 92? Check it out. R. 90 C shanties on three compact discs. Roll the man down, mateys. Blow the man down. Row, row, row your boat in the Navy. Come on and join your fellow man. Act now and get a bonus CD. Hornpipe Fever. R. Mmm. Hey, it's Jana Varney. You're listening to Hobo Radio, and I gotta go because I just finished my can of beans and I got a train to hop. Away put your weapons. They mean you no harm. Hobo Radio, you are listening to with George Murphy and Lars. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, once again, Lars Periwinkle. How are you? Good. Good to be here once again. This feels like a... I swear I'm not... I'm not trying to get like metaphysical with you, but do you realize that last week was last week? Like, does that does that track? I don't follow. Well, I was just I was sitting there and I was like, as we were preparing for this show, I was like, what did we talk about last week? And then I was like, oh, right. We. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. No, still doesn't track. OK, that's fine. We'll just move on then. I was just noting that because I don't want to get into last week. Uh, but you know, it's also, <laughs> by the way, we're only like two weeks into 2021. So that's, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, 2021 said, hold my beer. I know what you mean though, because, uh, right before C- Christmas, I made, um, an appointment with my barber who I've been going to get my haircut from for about 10 years. So I felt comfortable getting a haircut from him and, uh, I thought the other day, man, when was the last time I got my hair cut? I should probably get a haircut. Hmm. Christmas. It's Christmas. I thought it was 17 months ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Christmas does feel like 17 months ago. Every day feels like, I don't know. I saw the earth was spinning faster. That's, I don't know what to do with that. But if everyone else wants to know that, you can Google that. The earth's spinning faster. Oh man, did we spin it up? Okay, that's cool. I, if that makes it die faster, then sure, <laughs> put it put it on the list. Well, you know what? I mean, we this this is going in a million directions. I want to stay focused. Look, I my goal for twenty twenty one. I really want to build up our foundation. You know, we're solid in Kenya. Uh, we definitely have the like, um, you know, <laughs> middle aged nerds. We got them. Mm-hmm. We got them locked up. But you know, I think we can expand. I think we can appeal to more demographics, to more uh, areas. And so, I'm trying to understand uh, what the kids are into and what they're big on. And so, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I thought we could spend some time talking about the hottest thing on TikTok right now. Uh, do I have a choice? No. Okay. All right. But here, I'm going to play. This is from this is from a TikTok. This is from uh Johnny Stewart Bass, his TikTok. Mm-hmm. This is this is what the kids are listening to these days. This is their music. This is their anthem. Okay? You ready? Yep. Ship that put to sea, the name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down below my belly boys blow. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. She had not been two weeks from shore when down on her a right whale bore. The captain called all hands and swore he'd take that whale and tow. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. 
before the boat had hit the water, the whales still came up and caught her, and to the side harpooned and fought her when, when she dived down low. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Yeah. Dude, I'm not kidding. This is legit. The kids got into sea shanties. <laughs> I have not been so excited for a turn in culture <laughs> since everyone started to understand how cool Lord of the Rings is mm-hmm. because that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Sea shanties are popular on TikTok right now. That's so great. I, that, you see, <laughs> folks, I know we started off the show glib, but... <laughs> I think we might actually be on an upswing if this is what's going on right now. That is so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, to the point that people are like taking that video and they're they're remixing it. So we're getting we're getting like people adding stuff. Okay. It's great that someone heard the original and said, where the fuck is the fife? Jesus Christ. Let me fix this for you. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to call it out, but I definitely, I'm with them, you know. <laughs> yes. It's like when I hear every song and wonder where the bagpipe is. I'm always upset. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, how, I don't even have anything to add. I just think it's delightful that this is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. That is both. I don't know. It's incredible. It's wholesome. It's also kind of horrifying because we, <laughs> the, a lot of the, the, the con, the, the context of those songs, you know, like, like that's, I don't know. You hear all these terms and phrases. You don't understand it. Then when you under, you, you figure out what it's about. You're like, Oh Jesus. Oh, those, you think those are a bunch of men stuck on a boat for a long time. Oh, you it? think sea shanties are going to get canceled? um yeah yeah no i just i guess it was rough but that is wonderful yeah i i like the 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 phases that people are going through so you know at first everyone was baking bread that was really popular and then you had to you know binge watch some old like you know classic peak tv shows and then now now it's sea shanties like i think we're all collectively losing our minds and i think it's great i almost want you know i obviously want to to find our new normal to where we can all function the the way that we need to but also you almost want to you almost want to want like a like a fast food burger in a jar you just want to keep the zeitgeist in there longer just to see what happens like what's the next phase because mm-hmm. you're not going to, it's not going to be normal what you do. It's, it's going to turn into another kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's funny too. I, because I, and I refuse to read them, but like I saw that like the New York Times and, you know, the Washington Post are like writing articles now that are like, why are sea shanties so popular on TikTok? Which is just, good lord. Like I'd love to see, uh, you know, uh, what, what guy got a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. It's the same sort. They're the same sort of organizations who say, um, hey, we need to promote this. Go make a viral video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll go make a viral video. I'll make sure it gets 30 million views on YouTube. I'll make that. Yeah. Go interview some TikTokers about why they love sea shanties. I'm sure they'll answer these questions earnestly and not make fun of you in a way that you won't understand. Yes. Every time they go and do that, any sort of <clears throat> influencer or someone who just does content or something like that, uh, <clears throat> a reality show star, 
they say go interview them because that's what people like about them is they just want to hear them talk, right? Mm-hmm. And all of those interviews, and they're basically the the Larry King interview with Danny Pudi <laughs> of like you're getting the interviewer has no idea what's going on. This person is being foolish and straight faced the entire time, and that's what you put on TV for us to see. Look, we talked to. Um, you know, but like I, I can't even name anybody. <laughs> Are you gonna try to riff a TikTok star? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, please do. Yeah, we um we interviewed uh Lolly Trolley seventy seven <laughs> because they they have um seven hundred million followers. So that's what people want to see, and it's it's just six minutes of horse shit. <laughs> Yeah, I I can't decide if this is a step up or a step down from uh was it probably like 10 years ago when essentially the the nightly news would just latch onto something that was definitely either straight up an urban legend or something that like one person made a joke about on Twitter and then they'd just be like the new craze at all the high schools is called the knockout game. Mhm. And then they would like earnestly report this like parents like be afraid all of your teens are going to parties and they're wearing bracelets of different colors and the different colors indicate the sex acts that they're performing and it's like this is no like you read one thing and it you know like this is not no yeah yeah the these uh these college kids are soaking tampons and vodka, oh, yeah. sticking them in their buttholes to get drunk. It does work, but it's very dangerous. Is your kid doing that? Well, they are now. <laughs> you just told everyone about it. Yeah, Fucking well, assholes. Well, also, the truth of the matter is your kids are punching each other because they're stupid teenage boys. So th- that's what the knockout game is. It's not a game. It's just teenage boys are stupid and they hit uh-huh. each other. Yeah. Uh, yes. the, they are having sex, but it's not elaborate, like, eyes wide shut sex parties, you know? Yeah, and, no, they're, they're having sex in the most technical of ways. Yeah. And none of it's good. Like, it's just, it yeah. can be qualified as sex, but it's not really the way they're doing it. Because one, we're, you know, if you're lucky enough to live in a place where they actually teach such a sex education, it's not, it, they go through the motions, <clears throat> but what they should do is have, they should offer, a, a, you know, a, 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 you, you can elect to take next year's course, sex education too, which is what's good and what's not good. Oh, what do you, do you, can you give us a sample of that? What is good and what's not good? I cannot because I didn't take the goddamn class. <laughs> I will, you know, um, shoot. I don't know if I should tell, uh, tell tales out of school. Let's just say I know a lady Ooh. who, Uh-oh. <laughs> when she was younger, um, uh, she, <laughs> she had, <laughs> Um, she had a young man who was going down on her and it was not good. As she describes it, she was like, she said, I basically felt nothing. And if I felt anything, it was just awkward and not good. So I said, you can, you can go ahead and stop. You can work good here. And then was like, and he was like, what's the problem? And she told him like, it's just not, it's not good. So I don't want you to do it anymore because it's not good. And he said, and I quote, well, I, I was doing it right. <laughs> Man, that just makes me think. Do you remember, like, that is such a weird thing that sometimes, you know, like, I'll, I'll get nostalgic and I want to watch you know, something from the 90s. <laughs> and there's Seinfeld episodes. There's, like, a whole American Pie plot, plot line. There was, like, a lot of discussion in the 90s about the idea that there was some sort of, like exact choreography that a man could do to gratify a woman that it was like that like follow these steps and every single woman who are all interchangeable (laughs) will all respond the like this is like it's the up up down down left right left right (laughs) it is the the konami code it's the 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 konami code of of orgasms (laughs) essentially (laughs) 
And there would have been multiple movies and TV shows had this plot line and then like a character would do it wrong or they would they would do it right and it would work and like it was passed down from their older brother. Exactly. Did you try the Texas Twister? Did yeah. you do the alphabet uppercase and then lowercase with your tongue? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, because I remember too because Jerry was upset at one point that people were stealing his move. You know. Oh, his move, right? The move. Oh, yeah. it's so it's so juvenile. No, if if anyone taught us taught us the the best thing to do, it's Key and Peel with "Learn Your Bitches Flaps." <laughs> I don't know that one. It was no, there was a they were giving um they were <laughs> they were two guys that were talking to a um uh, a hall full of of young men saying that um that. Uh, gratifying a woman is more complicated than gratifying a man because dicks is easy and I quote pussies is complicated <laughs> you missed that one I did yeah I didn't see that one that wasn't Obama well, I was, was it I was completely on board I'm like yo you probably changed the language a bit but this should be taught in schools yes if you're gonna yeah. teach sex ed like you need to understand that like why why what they do always works on us is basically the reason that what we do doesn't always work for them. So right. figure it the fuck out. Well, it's also, I mean, like if I, you know, if anyone is coming to me for advice, which you should not, uh, you know, you, you gotta, in my mind, it's be Luke Skywalker about it. You know, like just you know, turn off all of those fancy mm -hmm. gauges and just trust Trust the force, you know, like be present in the moment. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. that movie was about, right? If you want to, if you want to hit the target, you got to just yeah, be yeah, present yeah. in the, the moment. The, de the Death Star wasn't, and it was definitely a giant titty. Mm -hmm. And there were two of them. Mm -hmm. So that tracks. that's what's up. Lightsaber, give me a fucking break. Well, Activate yeah. one of those and tell me what it is. Yeah, don't need to be Freud for that one. Bunch of yeah. Boys, you know. Hey, sometimes a lightsaber is just a lightsaber. Not this time. What does that say Not about Darth time. Maul? Um, he's <laughs> got it going on. Well, the man, the guy is literally horny. That's oh my god, <laughs> super horny. Oh man, you know what? I didn't. I didn't think we'd like. I thought we had segued away from this that I forgot to bring up before, but somehow we circled back around, and this is actually the perfect time to play this. Uh, okay. Related to everything, this is a TikTok video um, from Shalo underscore Ren, and I'm just going to play it, and I think, you know, it, it explains itself. I ran calculations and discovered that Padme Amidala is the strongest character in Star Wars. Remember when she did this without batting an eye? She landed directly on it, straddling it, so I crunched the numbers and calculated how much force her she would have taken in that moment. First, I estimated that the poles are about three Obi-Wans high. Ewan McGregor is 1.77 meters tall. Then I looked up the height of Varit and subtracted that from the pole height to get the total distance she fell. Natalie Portman's mass is about 53.5 kilograms, and the gravity on Geonosis is about 90% of standard. And in Star Wars, standard is 9.81 meters per second squared, meaning the gravity acceleration on Geonosis would be 8.82 meters per second squared. I calculated the impact force using work energy principle and found Padme's directly collided with the reek at 14,432 newtons. For reference, it takes 4,000 newtons to break your femur, the strongest bone in your body. Some people may say Anakin force caught her, but she was still moving at that velocity. She would have hit that force cushion at the same impact. He should have lowered her slowly. So from this, we can conclude Padme's metal AF is built different and is the strongest character in Star Wars. I ran calculations. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so what, what the, what she's saying is that in attack of the clones, <laughs> she's on top of that pole on Geonosis when they're about to be ritually executed. Mm -hmm. And when she jumps off, she lands on the reek. She, she, she straddles it. She lands on it straddling. Yeah, she, yes, exactly. <clears throat> And, and she, she calculated the, the force. How did she get the force of gravity on Geonosis? It, there was a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia entry. Right. She, Why? The, yeah. Excuse me. Pardon me. Dumb fucking question, <laughs> Lars. Yeah. She shows her work. Uh, I mean, obviously, we only got the audio. But if you watch the video, everything she says is, you know, I mean, it's annotated. Right. Like, it's, you know. No pun intended. Look, I, I agree with her that she's she's built different and she's very like toughest character in Star Wars. I don't know about all of that, but yeah, she so she lands crotch first on the reek. Yes, and so she's calculating four thousand newtons. Yes, 
Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I. She did the work, and I, I don't have any. <laughs> I haven't done that much work on anyone else to to. So I think her argument is solid. Uh, I do know Luke falls. How far does Luke fall? I mean, like, should his arm have been ripped off in uh, Empire Strikes Back? Like, oh, that's different because um, on Bespin they're harvesting gas, so there's actually a vacuum through the bottom of that that he went. So he essentially was, um, he slid down. Okay. And then he kind of went down the pipe on a, on a curve. So there wasn't as much, it was still very dangerous, but like, um, but the, wait, but I'm trying to think, cause I feel like there are multiple star Wars scenes because there is, uh, Obi-Wan. Doesn't he fall out of a flying car in like, um, one of the prequels, like they're flying through a city. Yeah, it's at the, the beginning of Attack of the Clones. After yeah. they have their hilarious witty banter, he jumps out of a car to fall into another car. But they're Jedi. And here's the thing about Jedi. Their powers get made up all the time, so I don't know how that works. All of a sudden, they're super fast. Why didn't you do that before? I don't... Uh, and then they can jump super high. Like Luke did that in Empire. He he jumped out of the... He launches himself out of the... freezing chamber and just... Yeah. He shoots up really fast, so there could be there could also be a control in your fall and your landing, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? Speaking of falling and landing, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you you sent me a video, <laughs> um, of the uh the the old Southern Maryland wrestling organization. <laughs> Oh, you're bringing up SMWO? SM Dubs. SMWO. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it's kind of... Do we want to set this up? I don't know where you're going with this. No, no, go go for it. Go for it. So, uh, as as we were just talking about, uh, teenage boys are stupid, uh, and they like beating each other up. So, we were no different. Uh, We started our own backyard, although it was technically a front yard wrestling organization, because that is how little... (laughs) parental oversight that we had that we went to our friend Justin's house and uh, just set up in front. He lived in a neighborhood like on a street where traffic was going by. I have no idea what any of his neighbors thought as they drove by, but a bunch of us teenage boys would get together and we would film our own wrestling organization. Uh, We had our set characters. We had storylines like we, we were filming. We had a, a styrofoam championship belt. That we were all fighting over. It was so small. It was the smallest damn belt. <laughs> and it it was yeah, it was a child's styrofoam WWF replica title with a piece of duct tape over it that someone with a Sharpie wrote SMWO across. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was like it either got dented or warped. You can kind of see in the videos that it's like a little warped. Uh but yeah, so we filmed this, of course, and then I recently converted the the VHS tapes to digital, and then I uploaded them uh, to a secret YouTube account because I'm not that is not public for for mass consumption. Uh, but I, I sent it out to to Lars, who was a part of it, and to some of our other friends um, to to share with them. Yeah, so I had that, and then. Um, you know, last Friday we, uh, I, I'll promote it again. We did Mondo Baltimore. You can, you can look that up if you want an M O N D O Baltimore. If you want to join that, it's Friday starting at 8 PM Eastern standard time. And, um, <clears throat> uh, so that was over. And then I pulled up the video and just shared the screen with my television. So it just <laughs> popped up and she goes, what's this? <laughs> and then it, it kept going. She goes, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> I explained to her what it was. She goes, holy shit. And immediately said, how how much of this is there? Because I think that's what she wanted to do with the rest of her life is like, I never, I never want to stop watching this. Sure, sure. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I don't have all of the tapes, but I think, do you remember? I think it was like five or six of them that I uploaded. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it was it was six. So there was a, a high. There were like two or three. There was like one highlight reel for sure. Then like two, like 
practice sessions where people are just doing the same moves over and over. Yeah. So there's probably like three or four that are actual like storylines. Three, three or four pay-per-views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, no, they, uh, it's, yeah, it's all utterly ridiculous. And this is a very contained like period of time. I, I, I was trying to remember, maybe you remember better than I do, but like it, this only went for like a few months of us doing this. And then I remember why it ended. I don't know if you know this. But, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, our like I said, we would do it at Justin's house. And our friend Rick was one of the other. Like, me, Justin, and Rick were, like, the three that were pretty much there every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then everybody else would sort of filter in and filter out. Uh, but it ended because Rick hit Justin with a steel chair, which we really, you know... Wrestling is scripted, but especially when you're untrained teenagers, like, you know, uh-huh. we don't know what we're doing. So he hit him in the face with a chair and chipped Justin's two front teeth. At which point. The- yeah. So that was the end of the SMWO. Oh, well, I guess his uh, his folks said that's that no more of that. Yeah, he had to go get emergency dental surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's not and, funny. No, it's, it's but yeah, because I think he ended up getting caps and because it, it was his two front teeth and they both got right. Shipped. Uh so, so that but they the thing is they knew about it before that they knew that we were doing this, but it was like we probably very fortunately none of us got injured. Although it was funny because I did <laughs> I did show Molly some of this stuff and she was watching it and she was like, "Didn't you tell me that your friend Justin has back problems now?" <laughs> Which is true, but it's like watching the video, it's like just the amount of things that are like him jumping off of his roof or like being hit in the yeah. back with chairs and stuff. It's I'm not saying there's a connection, but, you know, you you can't rule it out. Yeah, well, it couldn't have been that because he was a teenager and teenagers are invincible. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we were probably all uh, fortunate to to that the chip teeth was the worst thing that ever happened. But, yeah, no, SMWO was our that was that was our jam for a while. And yeah, it was great. It was great. So, so her, her first question was, when do you show up? And I said, I'm behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were, um, yeah, you filmed. Yeah. Did you ever appear on camera or no? Like no. you were always behind the camera. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, um, then because, you know, we've talked over, you know, over the internet, uh, video chatting and, and stuff. But she's never met you in person. So that was the first time she like saw you. <laughs> oh God. And she goes, she goes, who's that? Who's that guy being the rock? Oh, that that's Joel Murphy. Yeah. Holy shit. Also, she goes, was the rock's catchphrase ever the rock? Because he just keeps yelling the rock. <laughs> <laughs> he does refer to himself in the third person. Uh, yeah, but you would like, you would end a promo and at the end just go the rock. <laughs> I also so the funny thing is I really hated being the rock. So the reason that that happened <laughs> uh was so this is the weird origin story of the SMWO is it started because uh we were all theater kids if that hasn't been painfully obvious this entire time, every yeah, time we talk. I'm sorry. But uh Justin was taking a class in high school uh that was it was a theater class and he had to make a short film for the class. And so that he wrote a short film where he was a fictional character uh, named sorrow or no, who is first. He's Justin describable, Justin describable, AKA sorrow. Yeah. So he, well, he starts as Justin describable and he is fighting the rock at WrestleMania and then The Rock, like, you know, cheats to win or something. I don't remember the exact st- the particulars of the story. But then uh, he loses to The Rock and he's so sad about it that he uh, becomes Sorrow. He changes his character into this very uh, sort of emo character Sorrow who <laughs> wears like a – he's got – I think he has mascara. I want to say Justin has some mascara on in some of it. But, like, he's got like a hockey gotta mask. Make the, you got to make those eyes pop though. Yeah, and uh, so so he becomes Sorrow, but he, so he made the film first for class, and I played The Rock in the film, and Rick was in it too, and we filmed that at the school, like in, on the theater, like like on stage, oh. we made that one, 
And then for some reason, we just were like, okay, what if we just kept doing this? Like, what if we kept making more of these? And so we continued to make them. And then I was stuck being the rock, which I did not want to do. So if you watch, it is in the ones that I sent you that by like the second or third episode, I cut a very long promo explaining that the powers that be at the SMWO offered me a lot of money to be the rock. But in my heart, I couldn't do it anymore. So I'm now going to be my true self. Big J. So Big J, baby. Yeah. yeah. So I so I then become Big J. And yeah, so I'm the SMWO champion. And uh yeah, Sorrow is there. And then Rick, our friend Rick, never came up with a name. So he was just Rick. Like yep. he didn't have a character name. Nope. Or a character, as far as I can tell. But no, it- the athleticism of this guy. The athleticism. No, I mean, and that's, look, I have no qualms saying this. So, so Justin was clearly the, uh, the like, Mick Foley of our group. Like, he was the mm-hmm. one who was like, I will land on thumbtacks. I'll go off the roof. Like, he was willing to do uh, crazy stuff. And if you actually watch the video, there's a lot of footage of him practicing moonsaults. And, like, he really, like, for a while, he really thought he wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he took it very seriously. And Rick also was very talented at like when the two of them wrestled uh they they both are good like the you know for completely untrained amateur people doing it they are both good i it was not ever good at <laughs> like just uh-huh. in terms of i think i did well i think i mean maybe the rock is fitting for me in that i was never a good wrestler but i like to think i was pretty decent on the mic uh comparatively but uh no, I, I, I am there, not taking bumps and not performing many wrestling moves. I, I, I had some DDTs and such, but <laughs> yes, and it was listen uh, for those who are listening. It, it's, it's backyard wrestling in the nineties. So whatever you're picturing, you're correct. Yeah, just everyone's everyone's wearing jorts mm-hmm. and undershirts. And, um, there are chairs and street signs strewn about. There's no ring, but you are being thrown into cars. Ruin those cars. Like if someone oh, yeah. trotted all over my car, the way that y'all were doing, I'd be pissed the fuck off. Well, none God of us had, dude, all of our cars were terrible. Like, you know, I don't know. There was a pretty, yeah. pretty nice, you know, 94 Tercel. Yeah. That probably would still look good to this day. Had you not, you know, power bomb someone into the hood. Yeah, that was Justin's car. I had an 88 Chevy Celebrity at the time. The like, Chevy Celebrity. boat of a car. By the way, yeah, just because you said everyone is wearing jorts, I do want to set the record straight that I am dressed right now basically identically <laughs> to the way that I was dressed in the thing because my quarantine outfit is the exact same as my SMWO outfit, which is to say I'm wearing Adidas track pants and a t-shirt, and that is all I ever wore <laughs> as either The Rock or Big J. Um, I did buy a rock t-shirt that I, I probably owned it. I say bought as if I bought it for that and didn't just own his t-shirt. Already. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You begrudgingly <laughs> had to get the Brahma bull t-shirt. Uh, no, no. And cause I love, uh, you know, I, I like the rock as a character. I just did not want to be him. on yeah. <laughs> <this video. laughs> Right. Uh, but right. yeah, um, no. So I was not wearing jorts. I just want that known for the record. <laughs> and remember the, <laughs> Nathaniel ended up, our friend Nathaniel ended up being cast as the ref because he already had the shirt because he worked at Damon's. Yes. Yeah. He worked at, uh, a, was it, I don't know if that's a chain or if that was a local restaurant, but it was a sports no, it bar. Was, it was a chain. It was a chain. Yeah. But so it was a sports bar where he already had to wear a ref t, like a basically ref's t shirt, yeah. striped shirt, uh, for his job. So he already – and I'm pretty positive that there were days that he would show up, film with us, and then go to his job, like, straight from. Straight from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, just baggy pants and a and his work uniform shirt. It was – like, I it, – it, you know, anytime you see an old video or pictures or whatever, you get nostalgic. But that was just, like – that's such – it's such a specific – point in in our culture right of like knucklehead kids doing that i know people do it now but like they like this you know there's no production value to it like we got our hands on a camcorder 
And then we didn't, there was, we didn't build a ring. You know, it doesn't look good. There are no pyrotechnics. We parked some cars around and then like the entrance to the, the arena, which was our friend's front yard. Yeah. Was just two, two cars parked, parked on the street and you walked in between them. Like it was just, it was almost. It was almost wholesome of like, look, look, these guys have a, just have a goofy dream and they want to make like they're creating stuff. They're being artistic and athletic and, and it's just, um, it's just, it's really, it's just really, it was really, really funny. She, yeah. could, she couldn't get over it. Cause remember my, my wife was born in, um, you know, 1990. And so her friends and her that, that didn't really exist, you know, and if it did, it was fucked up. Like it's not. Like then you could, you had some fucked up videos and people some doing some, some really weird, dangerous shit. But with her, it was like, oh, it was just, you know, it was horrifying to watch. Like it was all, it was all shitty music over a highlight reel of people just honestly, honestly just getting hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah. no personality. They would just put on a costume and then do terrifying things to one another. Yeah, well, because, yeah, and we were early on in the, you know, sort of, because, yeah, garbage wrestling, like, you know, hardcore wrestling really turned into something, I don't know, where it's just, like, it became an assault, I think, at some point, like, mm. it really did, like, after the fall of ECW, I think a lot of imitators cropped up that were, like, I'm like ECW, but it was like, okay, but ECW had storylines, and they had guys who could wrestle yeah. They weren't just beating each other with fluorescent tubes or whatever you guys are doing. Like, it definitely took a turn. Uh, definitely. I mean, ECW, they're, they were staffed up with people who were great wrestlers who also had um, great characters and great mic. Or they had phenomenal wrestlers who were just phenomenal wrestlers and picked some sort of fucking character. Cause it doesn't yeah. matter at that point because you're so good at wrestling. Who gives a shit? Well, and honestly, I I've always believed that was Paul Heyman's greatest strength as a promoter was he could size up somebody and basically just decide, okay, you're good on the mic. You're an okay wrestler. You're going to talk a lot. You, you're an amazing wrestler. You can't really, you're not good on the mic. You're never going to talk. <laughs> like, you have this look. So now this is your thing. I mean, I, I always think about one of my favorite stories about Paul Heyman is there was a guy named Mikey Whipwreck who wanted to be a wrestler. He was like the kind of the classic. He showed up every week to help put the ring together. Like, really was just hanging around. Like, come on, give me a chance. I want to be a part of this. And the truth of it was that he, he was this guy. He was way too small. He literally had a baby face. Like when they call good guys baby faces, like he had this very innocent face. He was undersized. He was not a good wrestler. But if someone large mm -hmm. beat him up, you gasped because of just like okay, how sure. how pathetic this guy <laughs> like just him getting his, you you wanted to see him get his ass kicked because it was so like just like something kicked in in your brain of like oh you know like it felt real because uh -huh. of how tiny and like so he basically was like okay you're gonna wrestle but you're never gonna land an offensive maneuver you only get beat up. <laughs> And that was his whole thing. And he would win matches sometimes. But even when he won, it was always kind of like a fluke. Like he'd roll a guy up or something or someone would come out and help him win. But he wasn't allowed to do moves. That's great. You yeah. ju just go out there and take bumps, buddy. Yeah. That's what they want from you. Yeah. So, but yeah. So all of that to say that I think that that was Heyman's thing. But then, yeah, I feel like a lot of like CZW and the... The next right, generation right. misunderstood it. I also do to go back to what you said to to kind of give us some props because watching it, uh, the thing that really tickled me uh, one the camera work and and I'm not just saying this because you're here, but like we I think there's some decent camera work in there like overall like throughout. Um, you know we're using zooms like we're we're moving the camera around like you know there's there's some good shots, but then also. The highlight reel, you mentioned that. That's so funny to me because, again, this is the 90s. We're using a handheld VHS camcorder. Mm, mm -hmm. So when we made a highlight reel, what we did was, you know, there was no, like, digital. There was no, you know, editing software. We literally had to hook two VCRs up to each other 
so that one was like playing whatever we wanted on the highlight reel. We'd have to find the part that we wanted to put on there. And then we dub it onto a second VCR right. while also then I think we did all the video first. So we edited that way, like VHS tape to VHS tape and then had to also edit in because there was music that played over top of it where I think, you know, using those like red, yellow, <laughs> you know, like those cables, uh, we had to we had a CD player that was playing the song that we wanted to play playing while a separate thing was playing the video like it was very complex the setup that was used to accomplish with just like multiple vcrs and cables to edit yeah total no absolutely i remember talking you know the first time i came over and it was um you know i'm going to work the camera i thought i thought like i didn't i didn't know what i i thought but i here's what i didn't know what was going to happen is that y'all were going to say um, you know, we, we just, you can, you can follow us around, make sure you get the whole frame. And then when we go into this spot, you need to be over here because this is where he's going to land when we're done with that spot. And then after that, we're going to be improvising a little bit. So you need to keep your distance going to go. Like it was ve- like very involved. And then I had like, I didn't plan on that, but then now that's where my head is. And so I'm seeing when there was a, a battle. A battle royale. <laughs> oh, oh, Joel's just beating him with a bat. So I'm not going to look at that. Where is somebody doing something? I will focus on them actually doing something. And, um, yeah, it wasn't like it really, it really wasn't just a, a bunch of dumb dudes in, in a yard hurting each other. Although that's what it was at its core. Yeah. Um, it really was very involved and it. It was very, very involved, very, um, um, uh, it was a very impassioned group of people for sure. Yeah. No. And there were, there would be meetings like we, we would discuss. Cause I, I guess sort of also like Justin, Rick and I were the like creative, I guess we were the bookers for it. Sure. You know, where we were having meetings and we were deciding, uh, you know, what, what the storyline was, what was happening. Cause again, so based on the thing that Justin wrote for his class, like I was the champ, but I had stolen it from Justin. So he and I were feuding, but then also Rick was in the mix and, uh, yeah. you know, so it was, it was a, like, it was a soap, it was straight up a soap opera. Yeah. And like, we ended like up most, adding most of wrestling is it was a soap opera. Well, it was fun too, because then we ended up adding based on who could show up. Like I ended up starting a faction where, so I was big J and there was, I think for the other guy, uh, this guy, Joe Wayne. Uh, that we were friends with. He was vicious Jay, I think, and then we became the Jay Crew. Um, and Jay and like Rick's younger brother got involved, and he was mm-hmm. Matt Rat because his name yep, is Matt. Matt Rat. And yep. uh, the funniest thing is our friend Aaron. I so he was just X Pac because. Uh-huh. He looked like that dude. He looked like the guy, you know, Sean Waltman, who was X-Pac. And also, he because he looked like him, he had bought an X-Pac jersey, you know, like a DX X-Pac mm-hmm. jersey, which he wore to when we filmed it. And he just became X-Pac. But what's really funny is that I found out uh, years later, I would run into people. And I, I like, discovered that he continued. To, I, I hoped still to this day. I don't know. Like, I haven't kept super in touch with him. But, like, he was still being called X-Pac, like, at least, like, 10 years after. <laughs> Which made me very happy. I can tell you if I, if I ever ran into that dude, I wouldn't know what else to call him. I mean, that is what we call them, but it was just, it made me very happy that it was a nickname that just seemed to be that people that I did not know who were meeting him subsequently, that that had just become his name, that we successfully replaced his name with the name X-Pac, and that made me very happy. Hell yeah. And then you had a, you set up a, um, you would set up shots where it was the crowd, but the crowd was three people, literally three Oh goofy yeah, dudes like yeah. yeah SMWO like that was the crowd that was to hide that was the beginning of the pay per view showing the anticipation to the event that we're all here for. But that was I will say that was good camera work because as soon as you say that I can picture exactly how they all look because they all are filmed this exact same way. So we're in the driveway. There's three mm-hmm. people over kind of just off the driveway that are the crowd. 
Uh, yep. You or whoever is filming would start with them. They chant SMWO, mm-hmm. SMWO. Then you pan past where our ring is going to be. We didn't actually have a ring, but our the part of the lawn that we use. You'd scan past that and then turn towards the driveway where the two cars that are the entrance are. And then I would walk out as this was a different character uh, where I was Joel Murphy and uh-huh. I was the host because you were the host. We, because so you'd be standing over my shoulder doing commentary. Yeah. So there is one where I'm doing commentary. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's also like weirdly quiet for some reason. But like uh-huh. it's not quite. Like, yeah, I, think no, yeah, I don't understand because they're making all the noise in the world. But you're you're like, oh, oh DDT. Oh, the fish is DDT. I think I might just have been on the wrong side of the microphone or something. So I'm talking at like a normal value. But it, it, it no, sounds I, th- very- I think it's because you were afraid of just screaming into the microphone is honestly Probably. what it was. Because yeah. there's no way you could hear yourself to know. Because that would have been silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But so, yeah, I would introduce whatever the the episode was and give recaps, which was super helpful all these years later. So that I, I, cause I tried to put them in as best of uh, sequential order as I could uh-huh. <laughs> based on what I said at the beginning. <laughs> so good Lord. But yeah, like I said, there's definitely, I don't know if any, if any of our friends are listening, uh, I know there's tapes that are missing from there. Like I know there are a few more. So, so we can complete the saga. Yeah. Yeah. L- look, you guys, we got to get this, uh, we got to get the library in order. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that we're getting new fans. Like that's good for sure. You know, we can we can build up, maybe get some merch going. Uh and also, I mean, I think ultimately the goal has always been, you know, if if the WWE network really wants to add this to their library, I think we can add a different flavor, you know, to, you know, they have ECW's footage, they have WCW's footage, they have their own, but like, you know, is your is your archive really complete without the chronicles of the Southern Maryland wrestling organization. I think you're aiming too low. I think this should be in the library of Congress because the library of Congress keeps things that are, um, significant in American culture. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That has made a significant impact. You know, I feel like you're kidding, but I could sell myself on that because I think you, if you want to understand what teenage boys were like in the nineties, I don't think there's a better, archive than the smwo footage like you said the fashion i mean you definitely get the music like all of our entrance music is exactly what you think it is so like um yeah so you got that going yeah it's a perfect time capsule of 1999 i think (laughs) like yeah yeah like i think it was like from off and on i think wasn't it like from like 96 to 99 or some shit oh it definitely didn't last that long i think Mm -hmm. maybe it was like Maybe it's 98. I don't know, but it's oh, definitely okay, like, okay. yeah, it, it, it did not last multiple years. Like for okay, sure. Fair enough. It, it had a very, you know, some, some things are not meant, you know, they're, they're too, they're too special and too beautiful. There's some stars, they burn they so burn. brightly. Yeah. That, you know, burns hot and fast, man. Yeah. So, uh, I hope we spent a long time talking. I hope everybody enjoyed this because you cannot see the tapes unless you're my friend and I send you <laughs> Because I I will not post those. For if you uh, if you if you want to request one though, be what at free Mister Clark. <laughs> yeah, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll, on a case by case basis, I'll I'll weigh whether you should get access to that. Or hit up um, hit up me at the Lars Peter on Twitter, and I have the link. I'll just fucking send it to you. Yeah, probably easier to hit Lars up. He's he's probably less <laughs> less discriminating. With who he shares it with. But yeah, no, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I am less discriminating in that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, it's fun. It was fun to see Molly watch a bit of it too, like as well. So yeah, I, I'm glad we're, you know, we're bringing it to a new generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um very specific. Very yeah. specific point in time. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Uh all right. Well, hey, we got a little bit of time. I'm going to completely change gears because I'm I'm curious. Okay. We haven't talked about this, uh, but I'm curious your thoughts. So at this point, neither you nor I have seen this, but uh, maybe by the time some of you are listening, you have uh, the um, they're the first actually made by the people who make the movies Marvel mm-hmm. television show 
uh, is dropping on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. I'm curious if you're excited. I'm curious which you, if you've watched any of the trailers. And it's, of course, uh, I didn't say the name, but WandaVision. WandaVision. It drops in roughly five hours. Yeah. From when we're speaking right now. I, You know, it's just... It's going to be exciting to get some new Marvel stuff. It's been a minute. We missed... um. Um, you know, the TV shows were held up because of COVID and we still haven't seen the, um, the Black Widow movie because of that. Um, it'll be, you know, it's almost like catching up with some old buddies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm particularly excited for this. Cause like, I mean, I'm going to be real. And if it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> I, I would of course watch it when it drops. And I would probably enjoy it, but I don't know. I don't know if I was being completely honest how excited I am for those two characters to have their journeys together, you know, without anyone yeah, me else. Neither. I'm not. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that, but I will say this: those are two good-looking dudes. Oh yeah, especially yeah. since they gave uh, they gave a, a haircut to one of them. I'm like, God damn it! You are some handsome gentlemen so at least if this if this show is a bunch of nonsense i know i'm gonna watch every episode and at least i you know i got i got some eye candy <laughs> yeah i and i mean yeah not to disparage either i sincerely like both actors uh which i don't know if you saw the thing too random side tangent but um what is his name that play sebastian shaw right um he apparently has been cast as tommy lee in a movie like they're making a movie about Pam and Tommy Lee, and he's gonna play Tommy Lee in it. Okay. He does a lot of interesting stuff outside of Marvel because he's uh, he's also he's also Jeff Galuli. That's what I was gonna say. He's in <laughs> I Tanya, uh, which he's funny too because he has one of those faces that because he's so particular mm. in the way that he looks as the Winter Soldier that I often it takes me a minute to recognize him in things that aren't that. Oh, Sebastian yeah. Stan. Yeah, I think it I said is, Shaw. It is Stan. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But uh, Sebastian Stan. <laughs> um, I think we have a Sebastian Stan in the background, clearly. Yeah, so Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Bach, is going to be <laughs> awesome. So. Sebastian Sebastian Shaw and, and uh, uh, Mr. Falcon. Oh, the guy from the Die Hard TV edit? <laughs> from the from the Die Hard TV edit. Yeah, but this one this one's crazy because you I listen to um you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's some people who work on some of these Marvel TV shows and they can't talk about it a lot. But <clears throat> the ones who don't work on haven't worked on WandaVision, they go, uh, you know, I don't know what that show's about. I have no idea. Like the the trailers are tricky. I don't know anything other than the trailers. I don't know what that show's about. It looks crazy. Yeah, I think that's what I'm excited for is, I mean, I, I you know, obviously I love the stuff that Marvel does. And, you know, for their movies, they certainly have a formula and I am not knocking it because it works. Uh, so you kind of know what you're getting with their standalone. And even with the like team up movies, you know, there's a lot they got to cover. This does actually feel like a really fun opportunity to do something weird and low stakes. And I'm here for it. Like it, it definitely 100%. weirdly feels like a love letter to vintage sitcoms, like, which is really interesting to me. And honestly, I, I think that that was, I think you and I have even talked about that on this show that one of the unfortunate things, as much as I love uh, the infinity movies, Mm-hmm. It feels like Wanda and Vision's romance got shortchanged. Like, we never really saw it, you know? It was talked about a lot, but it doesn't get a lot of screen time. And I, I don't know how successfully they have, to this point, really sold the idea. I think, like, you get some of it in Civil War, and then it's just sort of, like, by Infinity War. It's like, oh, they're dating now. and it, it, But that's... It, it's also like, they're dating now, but oh, now they're being attacked. Oh, and now here's Captain America. And you're like, okay, well, yes, we're done talking we about were, them dating. <laughs> we were very much asked to just accept that. This yes. is this has happened. 
you know, they did this, they did the same thing with Peter Quill and Gamora of it happened. It's intense. They're in love. Just, you need to know that. But even like Peter Quill and Gamora, the whole first movie was teasing that. I don't even think they were teasing it much in previous <laughs> movies with Wanda and Vision. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to agree. Yeah, it it also seems because, you know, I think we've spoken fondly and ad nauseum about the cartoons we liked from the 90s um, and now that are more like comic books because there would be several issues of comic books where straight up nothing really happens as far like action wise. It'd be a lot of, it'd be a lot of story um, or just like a lot of almost surreal nonsense that would go on in an issue or several issues. There'd be whole storylines where it was just very, very weird things happening more well, more dc than marvel well one of my favorite batman comics which got adapted into batman the animated series is there's a whole thing the laughing fish that's the joker basically right. gets into a feud with a guy who won't approve his fish that he's poisoned that look like they're smiling and he just feuds with a guy at the patent office mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that's, yeah that's there was the a kind of there stuff. was a great episode where a guy um cut the joker off in traffic yeah. And then like gave him the finger and then that be- that becomes a story. Actually then, all of um, my favorite Joker stories are just the Joker randomly deciding to Bugs Bunny style devote a time of his life to just torturing one person needlessly. Yeah, 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 just just arbitrarily you but, you made me angry and I have the time. But even like also because I've been rewatching <laughs> Batman the Animated Series because as we talked about last week, it's now on uh, HBO Max. But there's also a whole episode where Batman gets knocked out by a gas that like the penguin unleashes. So he just ends up in a kid's basement <laughs> and it's like a kid and his detective friends are like trying to take care of Batman. It's it's wonderful. And um <clears throat> Uh, you know, again, I guess you can, you can see it in Doom Patrol if you want, but there was, um, there's a character in DC Comics that is, um, a street. It's a street. It's a street. It's like three city blocks in a city. Um, and it's a street and it has a personality and it moves around and it, and it can communicate with you. And that is super bizarre, but that's a character. Um, I don't know. WandaVision just, it, I don't know that is going to be that, but if it is that, I am I am su- super excited. Yeah, I think like you, we're both trying to get at the same thing, which is like the the movies. You know, you know what you're getting. It's a proven formula. They're smart to stick to that formula. But like, yeah, I think we're both saying that it would probably be nice to see Marvel cut loose a little bit and just get weird. Like, why you're playing with house money? Who cares if this show? Mm-hmm is well received or not. It's a show that is included for free on a network. People are watching anyway to watch all your other movies. Like why not just make it a half hour sitcom that is in some surreal, uh, bizarre, you know, whatever is happening. I don't even know what reality it is, but you know, all of it looks weird. Nobody in the show seems to understand the reality they're inhabiting. You put Catherine Hahn in there. Like I'm into everything that I've seen about it. You know, I go for it. And I think it fits in perfectly. I mean, you have, if you don't know the name of a show that's on Disney's streaming service on Disney plus, like if you just don't, if it's not, you know, it's not a Pixar, it's not a Disney, it's not, it's not a Marvel, it's not a star Wars. Uh, it is whatever it is is a little bizarre and it's also pretty good. They have a bunch of cartoon shorts on there. They're doing the what if thing. Um Earth to Ned is if you haven't watched it, it is a delightful show with a with a with a some puppets. They're actually, you know, they're Jim Jim Henson uh puppets um interviewing uh you know comedians and celebrities and it's a it's a really fun show it's for kids but it's very entertaining so i i would give that a look if if you if anyone asked they didn't but i like that show so yeah there's some weird stuff going on there throw that on the pile of the weird even if it's if it doesn't work perfectly like you said house money who gives a fuck yeah it's gonna be good 
And I mean, for me, a, a dude who shells out money to watch every single Marvel movie in existence, like, you know, I like I said, I'm more excited for this than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, you know, for Loki, too, which, you know, that trailer looked a little bit more interesting that they might be taking a swing a little bit with that one. But, yeah, just do weird stuff. Why not? Like, and no. Yeah. Since you mentioned Doom Patrol, that show, I really enjoyed uh, you know, last week we talked about the Harley Quinn cartoon, which is great. But Doom Patrol is really fun because it spends a lot of time on the weird stuff from DC. And I really yeah. enjoyed that about it. Because, uh, yeah, comics are weird. Like, weird, utterly bizarre. I mean, like, perfect example. I know we're out of time. But one of the things that I always thought was really funny. I like what they did with Thanos in the movies. And I completely understand it. But in the comics... Thanos wants to get the Infinity Gauntlet and he wants to uh, kill, you know, take out half of humanity because he is attracted to death, which is a lady, and he mm-hmm. wants to get her attention. <laughs> wants to get her attention. He wants to. He wants to court death. Yeah. I saw. I saw. Uh, I read a comic where um, Drax the Destroyer punches Thanos in the back and hits him so hard. His heart pops out his chest along <laughs> with Drax's fist. You know what I mean? That's weird. Like, because Thanos didn't die, right? Like, and that's just scratching the surface. Have you heard about this man? He's a man and he can become the size of an ant, which is <laughs> oh, God. weird. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I haven't heard of this guy. But yeah, the stuff you've seen in the comic, even like the doc, literally the name Strange is in the man's name, Doctor Strange. But that's not, that's not even the, the strangest thing I've, even close to the strangest thing I've seen in a comic book. They're so bizarre and goofy. Let's get, and I sp- think after, like we got the Infinity Saga, you did it. Now, let's have fun. Let's now, just have some fun. Now let's get Squirrel Girl. Uh, Give me some Squirrel Girl. She's <laughs> right. so good. Yeah, no, she really is. Also, seriously, we we are going to wrap this up right now. But uh, I also forgot to mention, did you see that they actually announced they're making a third Deadpool movie that will be rated R and it will be in the Marvel continuity, which I have no No idea what that means. Yeah. Well, they they mess around with that oeuvre. I also think they can can shoehorn that in there. I kind of have a feeling with WandaVision with, you know, they said that. The Loki show is going to tie into the next Doctor Strange, which has the word multiverse in it. Like, I I think we're getting headed towards, like, I think they're going to start talking more, like, multiverse, getting a little bit more. Apparently, the I mean, we talked about that. The Spider-Man movie has all of the Spider-Mans in it. So all the Spider-Mans and all the Spider-Mans villains. That's going to be bizarre. So look, but listen, and I am not making a prediction, nor am I passing judgment in in my personal opinion, I think introducing um, mutants, X-Men mutants, into the MCU is a mistake. I think that's a swing you don't need to take. Well, I think it almost collapses under the weight of it all at some yes, point. Of just like, I, I almost think that you could, if you want to relaunch the X-Men as their own thing, and then maybe, you know... Because you've created a multiverse, maybe one character <laughs> that we're familiar with finds their way towards them or something. But definitely don't don't try to build towards some like X Men versus Avengers. Or- no, you can't even make an X Men movie now because you haven't you haven't picked a new Wolverine. Because I don't know that there can be one. So maybe they'll just do know. what they did with J.K. Simmons and they'll just throw their arms up and go like, okay. it's, "It's it's Hugh Jackman. We give up." Yeah. <laughs> He deserved a he, better movie. He doesn't. He doesn't want to do it again. Yeah, no, that's true. After several decades of of playing this uh, Canadian mutant, I'm done. It was funny, by the way. Real quick side tangent, then for real. But uh, I saw there was a whole story on Twitter where I, there was this rumor that they were like Chris Evans is in talks to come back to play Captain America until Chris Evans came out and was like, "No, I'm not." He, he literally was like, "This is the first I've heard of it." Like, dude, dude's done. Let them be done. He's done. Dude. RDJ's done. Done. You know, Hugh Jackman's done. Tom Holland just getting started. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, so remember, question everything.
chances are of winning The Rock's title? The Rock thinks it's pretty damn simple. The SMWO gave The Rock a contract because they know that The Rock's millions upon millions of fans want to see The Rock in the hardcore SMWO. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's the podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. 